If you've set some new year goals, but you want to know how to reach them, then this is the episode for you. So stay tuned. Hi, and welcome to the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we inform, encourage, and support Christian indie writers on their journey to publication. I'm Christina Katane, and I write Christian fantasy. I'm Jennifer Carl Tong, and I write historical Christian romance. I'm Jamie Hirschberger, and I write short fiction under the pen name J.R. Nichols. Hi, everyone. Thanks for all of our chatters and everyone listening live. And we want to give a big thank you to anyone who's listening to us as a podcast on iTunes or Spotify or any of the other places that you listen to podcasts on. We love you all. Um, Please like and subscribe and hit all the buttons and just let everyone know about us so we can reach more people. And before we move on, speaking of reaching more people, um, I just want to do a shout out to a couple of different people this week. Um, we've had a couple of listeners tag us in social media. And let me just tell you, we super appreciate that. If you don't think you have very many followers or you just even have, if you even have just one other writer friend that follows you and you share something, then that can help grow this community because we don't put any money into promotion, obviously. <laughs> like you guys Let's know this is a Let's put it this way. We promote the podcast about as well as we promote our books yeah how about that there you go <laughs> but you guys know that like we you know this is a ministry for us and we actually pay to like do this uh out of our own pocket so um anything you guys do to help we really appreciate so thanks shout out to everybody that has done that for us this week so very good jen yeah for sure okay seconded and on that note we're, i'm we're gonna go around and do our segment that we call what's up and that's where we go around and tell each other what's up. So let's start with you, Jamie. What's up? Well, like at the last minute, I had a whole different thing that I decided to make my what's up. And what it is, is I want to share with you guys because, um, well, you know, on the theme of resolutions and sort of uh, making changes or, or kind of things like that, um, this fits there. So I'm going to go ahead and share it. So what it is is that I have been trying really hard to discover what is really me and mine. And as far as like things that make me happy, what I actually like, because sometimes I wonder, do I really like having a clean house or do I like that I'm meeting societal expectations of having a clean house? Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I'm trying to figure out truly what is me and what I like. And I would like to encourage all of you to kind of go on that journey too, because why not indulge in things that are just for you once in a while, but how do you know what those things are? So I just want to encourage you all to kind of like discover that about yourselves. And one thing that I just realized as an epiphany is like music has always been uh, my thing. Um, No matter the people that kind of come and go in my life, and sometimes certain songs will like remind me of a person, but Mm. I have a love of music that is my own. Mm. And so discovering that just sort of today, like that revelation is what I want to share with you all, because like, I really like to just sing along sometimes. And I have like this jukebox in my head that plays. Yes, you do. Yes. and, And I can't help it. I hear the whole thing up here. It's not just like. 
Like, I don't even know how to explain it. If any of you have this happen to you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And in fact, I can't imagine, do you guys get that? Either of you that you actually hear the whole song in your head? Some songs, but not to the extent that you do. For sure. But can I just say, I love having Jukebox Jamie as a friend <laughs> because there's not a conversation that goes by that we don't trigger something and we don't get serenaded. So I appreciate <laughs> that. So it's yeah. probably yeah. the closest I'll ever come to my daydream that life would be a musical. <laughs> life with Jamie is like a musical. That's great. People <laughs> randomly burst into song in your presence. Yeah. I would like to, just, you know, there's just some people that I've known that I'd just like to jump up on the table and just start belting out that um, song, Why You Gotta Be So Mean by Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of more in the camp with Piper. Piper says, I love music, but I never know the lyrics. Um, yeah. And I don't really care that I don't know the lyrics. And it, when we were first dating, it drove my husband crazy because he knows all the lyrics. He's more like Jamie. And if I don't have the right lyrics, but I sing along, I don't care. Like if I, if he, he would feel like the need to correct me and say, no, that's not what it says. And I would let him at first. And eventually I'm like, I don't care. Like this, that I'm is just like, <laughs> that is like my mother, my mother really enjoys the music, but has no idea. And there's a song called little deuce coop by the, uh, the beach boys. Yeah. yeah. And my mom was like, you know, just kind of singing along little loose goose. And we're like, little loose goose. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so people who don't oh, know, they're actually awesome. They have around because like your interpretation of it is sometimes just amazing. Right. I, I always have little songs going through my head, you know, like, but not the whole song. It'll yes. just be like the catchiest part. Like, have you seen that little African boy on the tic- TikTok or Instagram? And he's singing, um, I thank you for sunshine. I thank you for rain. Aww. I thank you for joy. And I thank you for pain. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> so, I'm like, I have, that, up. I have that song stuck in my head for the last three days, and I ain't mad at it. I'm like, what? <laughs> if you're going to have a song stuck in your head, like that's better than some songs I've had stuck in my head before. Right. So. Yeah. I have two songs that are almost always stuck in my head and I'm not going to tell you what they are because they are complete earworms. And if I say them out loud, then you're not gonna be able to get out of your head. But like that kind of stuff really bothers me. But like my whole life, there's been this one song that like, I can't, it's a Beatles song. I can't get out of my head, but I have to know. No, I'll tell you later. I'm not gonna tell All about right. life, but good morning. Everyone that's in our chat. Shell says, hi, uh, Teresa's here too. She says, good morning. And hi, Hello. Uh, Catherine Carroll's here. Good morning, Catherine. Um, and let's see. Shell says, I love that that Jamie loved music too. I used to hand write song lyrics when I was younger. I did too. <laughs> oh, oh no, I used to like make song lyrics up. Ah, really? I'm cassette LL, yes, play, stop, rewind. What was that word? <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, because I can't really say the word that I always thought they were saying when they said deuce. So you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jennifer, I'd love to hear some songs you've written sometime. I don't know where they went to. Honestly, I don't have any of them. Oh, Saddish Radish. I know, right? I'm sure they would all write us some new ones then. Yeah, I don't think I have it in me anymore. But maybe one of your characters will be a songwriter. Oh, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm, Like a balladeer. Ooh. Yeah, I like that. So and it could the be a guy and he could sing to the girl. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. All right. Well, okay. I'll, I'll tell you what's up with me. Uh, I have been working on my new office. I don't know if anyone's noticed, but the wall color is different. 
than it was last week. Last week it was yellow, and now it's like this soft green. And I have wallpaper that I didn't have before. And I'm not going to turn my computer all the way around and show you everything. But um, I did put up a video on Instagram of... um, it's not quite done in that video because I've still got stuff to put up on the walls and I have a shelf. I ordered a shelf from Amazon and it came broken. So then I had to Mm. tell them it was broken. So then the replacement's coming today, but I've just, I'm really happy with my office and uh, I really, it's, it's makes me so happy. I don't want to leave it. That's awesome. (laughs) So yeah, I'm really, really thrilled. That That is great. Mm-hmm. And it's the whole other end of the house, so I don't have to be distracted by my husband watching TV. <laughs> Which, if and anyone laughing. knows my husband, he does not watch TV quietly. <laughs> <laughs> he yells at it. He laughs really loud. He recites <laughs> the lines of where of shows he's seen before before the person on the TV. Like. Oh, we- we do that too. <laughs> that part, not the he's yelling that, at the TV. He's but. that little kid in school that could never sit still and was always like tapping his foot or tapping things on the desk. Or... That's my husband. So I had to get down here where he can't distract me. <laughs> anyway, what? that's my what's up. What's up with you, Jen? Well, so um, I came across, I, I, I was in my office doing some things and I came across something that I had to share. Sorry, I have to turn this. I didn't turn my ringer off. I found this like legal pad and I started reading it and it was something I had started writing. And by the writing, I can tell that this was about 20 years ago that I felt, yes, before I was ever married or anything. Um, and it's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad, everybody. It is so, so bad. Like, if I, I didn't know that a person could use that many adverbs <laughs> in, in just two pages. Like, um, I'm sorry, Lydia replied sheepishly. Who uses that? Like, it's just full of that kind of stuff. And so I just wanted, like, I should probably like take pictures of it and put it online just to encourage everybody that like you think if anyone tells you your writing is bad, just keep at it. Just keep at it because you could be a best-selling author like me. So I don't <laughs> think that there's anything wrong with giving a clue to the audiobook narrator that it should sound like this. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So anyways, that was funny. The other thing I want to talk about too is like before we started, I kept Jamie was counting on my shirt. I'm like, I, and I just couldn't figure out why I didn't like about it. I felt like it, the lines are weird. I just figured it out now that we've gone live and I wish I would have figured out the, it's a drop shoulder. Like oh, the shoulder, yeah, you know what I mean? this should be up like this. Oh yeah. That would make it. it super cute. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But now it's like this and it makes me feel like I'm like, like, yeah, because I, I told you I like the color. The it makes you feel fine. slopey, slopey, it makes slouchy. Me, I just don't know how to. I, I look weird. Put so. your shoulders back. Maybe I'll help it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, yes, I, exactly like that. <laughs> I had to go get my knee X-rayed. Oh yeah, this, this week, and she made me roll roll on my right side mm-hmm. and put my left leg bent in front of my right leg. So I'm Is on my right twisted? side. Laying on my right side with my right leg kind of straight and my left leg bent over like this. And mm-hmm. I was like, I that's need how to- I sleep. 
30 years younger and wearing a negligee. That's how I feel. <laughs> like, like, I feel like you're posing me. For like... <laughs> I wish I hadn't said that out loud. That's how I sleep now. Now that was your punchline. <laughs> I should. <laughs> no, that's hilarious. That's, that's how me. you want to sleep. <laughs> Who am I to tell you what to do in your bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. All right. So our topic for today is kind of an extension of last week's topic. Last week we talked about um, making New Year's resolutions. And this week we're going to talk about how we plan to keep those New Year's resolutions. Um, so... Who wants to go first? I think well, we I was you- supposed to go first, but I'm, yeah. and I've been talking for a while, so. That's, That's fine. A- well, I decided I wasn't going to do goals the way that the world tells you to do goals. Um, mostly because of my personality. When I do that, everything inside me rebels and doesn't do it. <laughs> I always joked and said, the 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 fastest way to get me to do something is to tell me not to do it. Mm-hmm. And the fastest way to get me not to do something is tell me to do it. Like that was a, like a running joke. And then I started learning about my strengths and I realized it's really not funny. <laughs> it really is just a part of who I am. And so I, instead of having these rules or goals that I have to follow, I decided to come up with some, guideline inspirational guidelines and um some people do affirmations in the morning like you are beautiful you are strong whatever mm-hmm. i decided to have some statements that are going to um inspire me in my career so like and i wrote them behind me i don't know if anyone can see them um but they're not they're not to do anything but my writing career so like it's not like i'm uh, doing this for my whole life but like the first thing I have on there is a thousand words a day equals four books a year and so like you know how in AA they take tell you to take it one day at a time Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the the idea I'm going to look at that every day and I'm going to say a thousand words today will add to that thousand words a day for a year and I love that because um just in our 15 minute sprint and I wrote slow and I like took a few minutes to like really compose my thoughts. I got 271 words and that's not a lot. So that's 15 minutes. So really that's only an hour of concentrated writing. Yeah. I love that. It's totally doable and it doesn't feel, um, they don't feel a ton of pressure. It feels more inspiring than pressure. Mm. Cause I don't really, I guess I don't really respond well to the pressure. And then the second thing I wrote on there is something that Becca Syme said that iteration is the key to learner certainty. So I'm number one learner. And if I need to learn what my process is and how I work best, then I need to iterate, which is just do it. Just do Mm -hmm. it over and over and over until I figure that out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they have those things that say a million words or 10 books. It's kind of like that. Like I have to get to that point before I'm going to be certain that I know my process. And so when I, when I put that together with a thousand words a day, Mm-hmm. That kind of strengthens my motivation to write. Um, and then uh, some of these things are um, like intellection, interruption, rage is real. Question the premise. So like, do I need to set a goal? But do you? <laughs> Apparently not. 
Um, no rhetorical questions. That's something that she said a lot that really resonates with me. Because you know those questions. Well, what if I don't do it? Well, don't let yourself ask that question and not answer it. What if I don't do it? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the answer to the question? And then it doesn't seem so doom and gloomy. Do you know what I was, does, does that make sense? Yes. Um, just a second is a lie. That's a big one for me. I cannot go on social media in the morning before I write or mm-hmm. I will not write. It's just, I just have to face the facts. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so tempting. Like I want to pick up my phone and check my messages or whatever. Uh, I can't because if I do, it's two hours later and I'm still on there like looking at Instagram reels or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then something that I hear Becca saying all the time, and she says it in this way that is kind of authoritative, but not overbearingly. She says, open your manuscript, do it now. I'll wait. And she says that all the time on her lives that she does. Mm-hmm. And so when I read that, I hear Becca saying that. And so if I, put all of these kind of affirmation-y type things together every morning when I first come in and sit down, I feel like that's going to propel me towards where I want to go. Like getting you in the right mindset. Yeah, it's a mindset, completely Mm -hmm. a mindset thing without feeling like it's rules or have-tos or whatever. So the big takeaway I'm getting from this from you then is is to have um, things that affirm your goals Write yeah. them down and read them daily. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. That's my uh, that's my goal is to do this every day. All right. Well, I'm, yours summer. And I'm not in the. Sorry. Just go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just rambling. <laughs> so something you said, kind of like um, I'm going to refer back to it too because it kind of connects with what I'm going to talk about. But like in the past, if you have been a fan for a while or if you've ever gone back and watched our old episodes, I've always been a fan of like just, you know, put your butt in the chair and, um, you know, like playing everything out and uh, all these different systems. And every year I'd have goals and, and I would like kind of plot them out. And then um, like my mother got sick and then like, you know, um, Nano curse. Yeah, the nano, my poor nano curse. Yeah, you can go back and watch a lot of nano episodes and you can find out that I have a nano curse. But anyway, um, so this year is different. And we talked about it last week about how um, I just, um, I just needed to like, let myself mourn. And I didn't have like any major um, goals, but I do have things that I need to get done. And so for me, um, it's more, it's going to be a different mindset, um, kind of similar to Tina, but I came across an article. I put the link in the show notes um, from the Harvard Business Review from last year about how to re- reach your goals. And it fit me. It wasn't like very like a regular, like you always see on how to reach your goals. Like, you know, like, um, you know, have um, attainable goals and, you know, check them off. It wasn't like that. It was more like, so one of the first thing was connect a why to your goal. So like, it makes it much more individual. If you have a goal, why do you have that goal? Like I want to blank because I want to blank. Um, For me, I want to finish book four because I want to be done with this series. I know that sounds <laughs> bad, but it's a weight on my shoulders. I love this series, but like it just needs to be done. Um, 
I want to learn advertising because I want to make money with my books, right? So there's, you got to put a why there and then you can look at your whys and like, is that a good enough why? Like, is it a, like for me, like, let's look at book four. Is it a good enough why just because I want to be done with the series? Well, can I just be done with the series by saying I'm done? Wow. Like I could, right? Mm-hmm. I could just say series is done. Book four is not coming out. I'm I'm not going to do that because I'm just so close to book four. I just need to do it, but um, finish up the editing. But like I could, right? So to take in, and put a why with each of your goals is important because it helps you to decide if this goal really should be a goal or not, right? Yeah, I think that <clears throat> I think that kind of goes hand in hand with Tina's advice from Becca, no rhetorical questions. So yeah. if you ask yourself, why would I not uh, say we're done at book three? Well, then that will help you clarify your why even more. Exactly. Yep. And then start small and start now. So like instead of like planning out my goals, then like spending two weeks doing calendars for the year or whatever, I'm just going to start small. And like instead of like finishing book one, a book four, which seems like a big goal to me, even though there's not that many things, I'm gonna look at the first task that I have to do. And I'm going to like do that task and not worry about the long term thing. Um. And along with that, you break down your goals. So like, I know I want to get this book done. So what are the different steps I have to do? So break them down. And when I do that, then I'm going to celebrate each of those wins, which I never, I only celebrate the big at the end, right? So I'm going to figure out things that make me happy. Kind of like what Jamie was saying earlier, who she is and what makes her happy. I'm going to find some things that make me happy. And every time I reach one of those goals, I'm going to do it. And so I haven't figured that out yet, but that's part of my plan for reaching my goals. And then one of the big things was the remove obstacles before you begin. And this is what really caught me with this article because I never thought about like that. I mean, you know that there are obstacles for you in everything that you do, but thinking about what they are before you even start was kind of a, a revelation for me. And because, you know, Tina's working in her office and we're talking about the beginning of the year and stuff. And I realized that one of the biggest obstacles for me was my office because it had gotten trashed. It was so messy, mostly that what you couldn't see, but I always saw it. I never wanted to come in here. My office is really tiny. It's really kind of the size of a walk-in closet. And I have a lot of stuff in here. Um, like I literally can't move without my chair bumping into one desk or the other. Um, but I'm happy to have an office. And so I spent all day yesterday cleaning my office and it doesn't look much different to you guys. Cause this stuff really, did, but all of this over here and on my desk and, um, and kind of reorganized some stuff and came up with some new game plans and how I store things. And, and I can already feel myself lighter and wanting to be in the room. And it makes a huge difference. Cause I was starting to take things from here out into my other places in my house to do work, which is silly. Because then that messes up the other parts of my house. And so um, that's, for me, those are the five things that I'm going to do. I put, again, I put the the article in the show notes and I have much smaller goals and I have like, I'm going to celebrate all along the way. So that's what I'm doing to reach my goals this year. Jen, I would be curious to know where strategy is and your strengths. Is mm. it um, anywhere in the top 10? It's number six. Yeah. I'm very high strategy. I, it's not in my top five, but I... Um, listening to y'all talk about strategy and listening to different things about strategy, I'm like, how is it not in my top five? And so I paid to have my top 32 just to see, and it's number six. I'm like, yep, that makes a whole Mine's lot of number sense. seven, I think, yeah. seven or eight. It's very high for me because you, you definitely use your top 10, your top five, like you live in, but you mm-hmm. use your top 10. And so um, I have to have some sort of strategy 
for everything I do in my life. You know, like I can't just like clean like the bathroom. I have to have in my head, I, I instantly strategize the order I'm going to do things and all that before I even start. And so, yeah, it that helps me. Um, Christmas, you should see, I should have it down here. I do a planner, but I created it. And every year since my girls were little, because we used to have six kids living in the house at the same time. Um, we, I do a chart for Christmas on what we're buying each kid, what they're buying each other. I, my parents and everyone who used to buy for my kids, I had all of that all charted out just to make sure everything was even. Now, most people don't have to do that, but for my own peace of mind to sleep and I, I have to do that. I still, to this day, I do it. So, yeah. Anywho, that's my plan. Jamie, I'm so excited to hear what your plan is. <laughs> So it's interesting because I'm listening to the rest of the conversation that's happening. And what is um, really being revealed to me is how this show has really evolved into a um, very much individual um, study of one as far as the author journey, Mm -hmm. because much like we all get the same writing prompt every week and we all come up with a wildly different story at the end of the podcast, all of us have taken such a different approach to this topic. And honestly, I wasn't really sure what my contribution would be, but I'm taking notes as you guys are talking here. And um, one of the things I wrote down is um, that the passage of time has always been to me an enemy. Hmm. You only get so many days. And there is a pressure to spend all of that time perfectly because you reap what you sow. And the pressure of being somebody who is extremely accountable for her own situations. If I don't like where I'm at, it's because I've squandered all these years and all this time. And that is not a fun way to live. If you don't live that way, I'm happy for you. But if you can imagine believing that every hardship you endure and every struggle and misery in your life is a result of you squandering the moments you had to prevent your current situation. It's really a lot of pressure. So I feel like Matthew 20, whatever, you know, consider consider the lilies and how they grow and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, personally, I feel like if I'm not ever vigilant, I'm going to harvest weeds from my garden of life. And I feel like, why can't weeds be okay? Hmm. Why can I not just be happy with the harvest of weeds? Okay. Why do I have to have goals, have ambitions, want stuff? Why can't it just be enough to breathe and eat and live and be? And so I feel like I want to stop warring with the idea of goal setting and achieving things and just be okay if that means 
I'm just forever mediocre. And like, what is even that word anyway? Right. What measure am I using to say that uh, a life is mediocre? Like, and what measure, how do you measure a success at the end of the year? You you are the boss. Right. You You don't measure it against me and you don't measure it against Tina. Right. I don't measure my goal setting or my success against Tina. And she doesn't either the other way. Like if you're, you have to figure out what you want, just like you were saying earlier about figuring out who you are, what makes you happy. That's your goal. But that's the problem. If you don't, if you don't do anything to prevent a harvest of weeds, if you don't set goals, if you don't take action, well, then you only get weeds. And it's like, I don't know why weeds aren't enough. But then, you know, fireweeds think... are some of the most beautiful flowers that I've ever seen in my life. Have you ever seen a field of fireweed? No. It's beautiful. And so, okay. like, one person's weed is another person's beauty. Yeah, so I guess at the end of the day, I don't. I guess I want to just stop wanting anything so that I can just. Stop putting the pressure on you. Mm. But then I don't want to feel like I'm a loser and I'm the only one who can decide that. Right. But I feel like I have these like. Again, what is my expectation of me and what is some kind of like external rule of like, well, if you're, I don't know, pick it. If you're, if you're this weight, if you're this income level, if you're this, then that this is the quality of person you are. This is the, the measure of a person is these attributes, right? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because before my, um, what's up was going to be judge not lest you be judged. And I feel like a lot of times that statement is that you will personally struggle the more. So let's say I've never been the person to go to the beach and be like, I can't believe she's wearing that. Right. But then I have no qualms about being out in a bathing suit. Whereas I feel like a lot of people who are like, I don't want to be seen in my bathing suit are people who will look out and judge how other people look in their bathing suit. See what I mean? So Mm. like if you are someone who harshly judges when you see, well, I don't want that and I don't want that and I don't want that. Well, then, but you do have that and you are that. You see what I mean? And so it's like, Hmm. it's just a struggle. It's just a struggle to get to where I'm okay with accepting the harvest of the amount of work that I really want to do. Because what I really want to do is lay in bed and do nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. And what will that get me at the end of the year? Well, I think a, a deeper thing here, Jamie, and I'm trying to, I've been praying that God will give me the right words for this, is that you talk about these external uh, goals, what, they, what the, the world says. But what the world, quote unquote, says, like, you have to accept that. If you don't accept it, then it, then it, it doesn't matter. Just like you were saying, somebody who's like, oh, I don't want to see in my swimsuit. That's a person that is accepting what they think the world is going to say about them in their swimsuit. I didn't reach a single goal last year. Not a single goal. And I would never call myself a loser. I would never look at it. I'm, I'm disappointed. And I want things to be different. I want to get these things done. 
but I don't put the same pressure on myself that you put on yourself. And I think that that maybe is, is what you struggle with so much with, with goal setting. Cause I think that it, it adds to this already unrealistic expectation that you put on yourself that you don't even realize you're doing, I think. Well, the thing is that if I set a goal, I work until I achieve it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I know that that is how you get results. I know, I know how to set and achieve goals, but like, I don't want to do it. Then don't, I don't, I don't want to do anything though. I cannot do anything. I will be homeless living under a bridge if I don't go to work. But that's not a goal. That's a necessity. But that's a necessity. That's not a a goal goal is to pay the rent. A goal is. Hmm. Teresa has something to add here. She says, I can't get my mouse over there. Sorry. She says earlier this week, someone special and really wise told me that my writing journey is already valuable or important because I've been a blessing to others in our writing community. I can say the, and there's more coming. It just isn't there yet. Um, Yeah, I think that that's very wise. Your journey in your life, the things that you're accomplishing right now are already valuable. Yeah, well, and that is very good. And that is really the truth of it. Because Mm -hmm. honestly, I remember standing on the beach in um, Daytona and looking at the seagulls. And I swear, it's so funny. I can remember the seagull like preening right in front of me. And I'm like, all you're doing is standing around being a seagull. You don't feel like any pressure to like achieve or do or be anything. You're just being a seagull. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we can just be people. Mm-hmm. And that can be enough. Agreed. Because Trace is saying that you're a blessing in her life. Oh, you I appreciate that. And Piper agrees with that. She said, true, same. So just being who you are is a blessing. And the added on stuff is what you're doing to yourself. Like, I think it's absolutely okay to have a goal and not achieve it. But, but that I have decided that myself, you have to make that decision yourself. And if you can't make that decision, then maybe you just don't make goals and you got to stop. I believe you got to stop mixing the kind of goals we're talking about today and the goal to pay rent. That's a necessity. Those are things that have to be done. This is stuff that's beyond that. This is stuff that like uh, goals are like that things that you want to improve your life, improve your income, improve your, you know, beyond the, you have to have a job. You have to pay the rent. You know, I have to feed my kids. I don't make that a goal. I have to make dinner. I have to, or I have to buy dinner or I have to something, you know, I have to clean the toilet. Otherwise it's going to get super gross. Right. But that's not a goal of mine. I don't have a goal of cleaning the toilet. And I think that if you can start to see, like, separate some of that stuff out and see goals as just like, that would be so great if I could do that and take that pressure off yourself and just make it a fun thing to do. And I I have other things to say, but I want to say it for next week's episode, the things that, like, I've been thinking about for what we're going to talk about next week. And so. Yeah, uh, I, I was just thinking, why couldn't your goal for your writing be that between 10 and 12 every day, you only write what brings you joy. Yeah. And if it doesn't bring you joy, don't do it. And we're going to be talking about that next week about uh, getting back to the basics of, of um, the, the, the joy of, and the fun of being a writer. So. Yeah. All right. Shell agrees as well. She says, same here. 
Oh. Right. You know, if it hadn't been for Jamie, I wouldn't be here right now hmm. doing this. Because she's the one that said, you should come with me to this write-in for Nano. <laughs> I never, ever, ever, ever would have gone by myself. Ever. Hmm. But because she said, let's go, I went. Yeah, and that's what's, um, that's, that is this, they're totally unrelated things to say, Tina. But when you said, if it wasn't for Jamie, and then immediately, this is not the case. But immediately I was like, she's going to say, if it wasn't for Jamie doing something she didn't want to do, blah, 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 would have never happened. And it's work. It's hard. You have to put an effort a lot of times to harvest something really wonderful and great. So just not doing it because you don't want to is where exactly the problem is. Mm -hmm. When you don't want to do anything, when you don't want to do anything, how can you afford to say, just do what you want? Like find the joy. If nothing gives you joy, where do you go from there? So that's the whole problem. If you, if you want to do, if you want to get this, you've got to do the work. If you want to get this, you've got to do the work. If you don't want to, then to tell somebody, well, only do what you want. That's, it's not a solution. You know what I'm saying? It's like everything I've gotten has been because I make myself do it when I don't want to. It's been, Mm -hmm. I mean, I can tick off numerous numbers of things, you know? And it's like, because why? Because I want the result. I want the result at the end of the day. I'm very good at being like, but the outcome is this. This is what I will harvest if I plant and water and till and cultivate. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And so it's like, it's like, I I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want. Which is understandable. You've been through a lot, Jamie, and you're not giving yourself the grace and the ability to understand that you are dealing with depression as well. You have to, you've been through so much. And a lot of this is just your, your battle with coming out of such a serious and and heart-wrenching experience that you've had over the past couple of years. Yeah. And so I think that that's the, the, maybe possibly even the bigger issue is that you've been like you are struggling with all that in the background too. And yeah. Yeah. So, so it'll just be some time probably before I know what those things are. Yeah. And you need to give yourself grace for that time. So yeah. Piper says, I want to say this in the most loving way possible, not wanting to do anything and not finding joy in anything are symptoms of clinical depression that goals are not going to fix. Well, my um, therapists and my medical team have said that considering what my current season of life is all about, mm-hmm. that it's pretty, um, it's pretty to be expected kind of mm-hmm. depression. Right. And if my life gets to anything, like as things normalize and stabilize, right. if I'm still feeling these kinds of symptoms that we should look at whether or not it's a clinical deal. Right. But because uh, my current situation is the way that it is, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty much where they would expect me to be that way. But it's yep. totally not offensive for you to say that. I appreciate yep. it. Same here. I mean, like if I were to her to say, oh, I'm not depressed, that would be so wrong because I am absolutely depressed. Like you may not always see it, 
but I am absolutely depressed. Does it mean that like it's clinical? Maybe. But at this point, like I'm in the middle of the, of the morning so much that like, you know, I can't. So, um, and Shell says, Jamie, it's also unfair to blame yourself for the storms that have torn up your crops. She says, love you, sister. So. Yeah, it's not the first time I've heard that uh, either. Thank you, Shell. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Lots of love coming in for you. I really show. just don't want to be somebody who's not accountable for their own behavior, right? Like, I do not. That is a me thing. I personally do not want to be somebody who just makes a bunch of excuses and that's why nothing is ever accomplished. And it's like the things that are not in my control, like Shell said, the storms that come and tear up my crops, that's not on me. And I, Mm -hmm. and I want to own that. And that is something that is a mistake. And yes, that is a lesson I'm trying to learn for sure. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. All right. Are we done with the topic or do we need to keep talking about this? I think we're done. I think that's it. Okay. Well, just because I know how good this makes Jamie feel, I'm going to have (laughs) Jamie go first today and tell us the prompt and read us what she wrote. All righty. Well, today we had a sentence and um, a terrible sentence. It was grammatically weird. What does someone else have the actual one? Because I, I like I do. The actual one was he didn't heed the warning and it had turned out surprisingly well. Yes, yes. And um so Which I I didn't read, I just copied and pasted it. <laughs> Tina just copied and pasted it, and then I copied and pasted it from her. And we came into this, put out the social media out there, and Jamie's like, This is grammatically incorrect. We're like, What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Well, to, I mean, in our defense, we try not to read it too closely yes. because it's supposed to be like um, a spur of the moment thing. You're not supposed to think about the prompt before it's time to write. You're so that we don't to, get too much in our so head. So we try yeah. not to like focus. Like I put, I focused on it enough to copy and paste it from the random sentence generator website right. into our outline and then try not to think about it too deeply. And so it's easy to miss those like grammar things. Right. All right. So <clears throat> if you take I, out had out of the sentence, then it should be fine. Then That's it works. Yeah. Yes. And I am so proud of myself that I actually did use it today. Hooray for me. Aww. All right. So here we go. Uh, yeah. Not an exciting piece. Melinda placed her fork to the side of her plate, unsure whether that was the appropriate placement, then chided herself for being concerned about such a thing at a venue such as this. It was a plastic fork and the tablecloths were table papers. Streamers sagged from dusty wooden beams. Children, presumably hopped up on dessert and fruit punch, raced around the perimeter of the room. The adults, while seemingly physically immune to the physical effects of oversugaration, were just as verbally rowdy. The ever-present hum of conversation had grown exponentially louder as the evening wore on, punctuated by intermittent bursts of raucous laughter. Did you like the cheesecake? Sarah's face was as pale as it always was, and the yellow blouse she'd chosen to wear on this occasion wasn't doing her any favors. Melinda could not imagine adding a heaping helping of honesty to the poor woman's misery. It was great. 
In truth, she hadn't taken any. She had been so glad to see that several in line ahead of her had done so, relieving her of the responsibility of giving the cheesecake an appearance of popularity. Apparently, there were several newcomers in attendance, unaware of poor Sarah's history with failed desserts. Good golly, what did you do to that cheesecake? A man's voice boomed. I haven't had anything that delicious in weeks. And that's saying something, what with it being the holiday season and all. Sarah's shoulders went back and her chin went up as she smiled in obvious pride at Jimmy Moore, giver of the compliment. I doubled the cinnamon in the crust, added an extra couple egg yolks and more vanilla than called for. If I wasn't a married man, he said, winking and waving a finger at Sarah, who was half his age. Oh, how you go on, Sarah said, giggling and waving away his teasing. What did you bring? Melinda asked him. Oh, I brought that there pecan pie. He gestured toward the bit of crust remaining on Melinda's plate. He'd like to have killed me over that pie. Jimmy's wife, June, who had a knack for appearing from out of nowhere, supplied. Sent me running all over for something called rum extract and almost burnt the house down making it. Good heavens, murmured Melinda. It wasn't all that bad, Jimmy said. Bad enough to set off our smoke detectors. There was bacon grease burning off on the bottom of the oven. It was before my pie even went in. Well, it came out delicious, Melinda said, happy that for once she could be honest without fear of harm. She tried to tell me it was risky to make something as hard as a pecan pie first time out. And he didn't heed my warning, and it turned out surprisingly well. Have you tried Sarah's cheesecake? Oh, Sarah, you really outdid yourself. Melinda felt her face grow warm. I was just about to see about a second slice, in fact. Then time ran out. That's awesome. I felt like I was at every after church potluck I've ever been to. <laughs> I was trying to, yes. And it, so it was supposed to be a church potluck. It was, a, I was, it was one of them things. Yep. Uh huh. Yep, yep. The streamers threw me. I'm like, all right, so it's a kid's birthday. But then like, it was like, no, it's the holiday season. And I was like, but it, anyway, like the whole thing had like that whole feel and like the idea of the old guy, like saying to a fewer, if I wasn't married, you know, like <laughs> so great. Like, I appreciate it. It was it was a fun little thing to write. Didn't really have much of a plot, but it was fine. Exercising the writing muscle. You have this way of drawing us into your scenes where you feel like you're there. Mm -hmm. And even though it was just like something everybody's gone to and experienced, there's almost like a nostalgia to it. I appreciate that. Yeah, the streamers, uh, whenever we had an AHG do, there was always a decorating committee, right? And so Mm -hmm. there was always some bunch of little girls somewhere having to hang up something, you know? And and now I want pecan pie, says oh, Piper. Yeah. Yes. Yummy. Shell says, so great, Jamie. All your details built up a great humor in the um a great humor in the in the piece. Oh my word. <laughs> Teresa says, Wow, I don't know how you write such a flushed out scene in 15 minutes. Yeah, me either. That's a lot of words too. Of course, I wasted a whole bunch of time. So <laughs> <laughs> didn't you say it took you like four minutes even just to start today? Yeah. Yeah. It I was rough, at, huh? It was rough for me, yeah. I had a rough time too. I didn't have a rough time starting, but I kept stopping and I didn't know where to go. So I don't know. It was a little bit rough this morning, but I'm going to go next. um, And I'll write you. And then because I'm writing in the world of Alaska, your guys are going to get Alaska today. So. All right. Oh, good. I don't know if that's good or not. Cause I'm already cold. (laughs) (laughs) Ice pellets stung Joe's cheeks as he post-holed his way through the drifts that covered the road. 
Of course he'd ignored everything he'd been warned to do. Left the snowshoes he was given back at the lodge. Took the car out in a storm. No dry bag in the trunk. Now the car was stuck in the ever-deepening drift. He was in the middle of nowhere, and he wasn't sure how far he should follow this road in an attempt to find some civilization. At least he had his parka and, and extra tough boots. Pulled his parka hood tighter around his face and rolled out the muff, creating a fur-rimmed tunnel. It blocked his peripheral vision, but surprisingly made it easier to see straight ahead through the spitting snow mixed with sleet. It felt like hours that he struggled, his energy drained and his limbs stiff from the cold. He stopped and rolled the ruff of his hood back to blow his warm breath through his gloves. From the corner of his eye, he saw a flicker of light. Was it a candle? A campfire, perhaps? Or possibly a flashlight? Perhaps he should stay on the road. What if his eyes were deceiving him and he wound up in the woods, lost in the woods, and with nobody even aware he was gone, he would freeze to death for sure. Once again, he ignored the warning, this time from his own gut, and left the road, heading for the flickering light ahead. It was easier going amongst the trees where the drifts weren't as deep and the wind wasn't blowing quite so hard. Though it was only late afternoon, it was almost dark. Each day was getting progressively longer as they made their way through January, but sunset was still just after 4 p.m. The dark was actually a blessing. It made the flickering light easier to see, and Joe picked up the pace. The end. Oh, no. Joe, don't leave the road. Joe. (laughs) Joe. Uh, yeah, I heard Jen uh, verbally react to this time. The warning was from his own gut because it's mm-hmm. interesting. You can just see that this kind of guy is going to wave away. You know, the weather's really bad. You should. Eh, I know how to take care of myself. Right, Jen? Mm-hmm. Like, didn't that yes. just tell you everything about this guy? This yes. is a guy who's like, oh, I'll be fine. And then it's like, oh, I guess maybe <laughs> guess maybe I should have listened. Like, Joe, oh no. <laughs> should my, not have left the car in the first place. Right. You should my, not have gone out without snowshoes and a dry bag. <laughs> Shouldn't have gone out at all. Yeah. It was just a series my, of bad decisions. Oh, my favorite line through the whole thing was that he post hold his way because he's walking in deep snow, right? That's what you meant. Like he like yeah. making post holes with his legs, like his feet. Like, yeah, that was really, really great. So I love that part. And, uh, My feet and, uh, are so cold now. Yeah. And only people from Alaska would probably understand that Extra Tough is a brand. Oh. <laughs> and um, they're considered like the sexiest boots in Alaska. Oh, nice. Now <laughs> I got to look like them up. Those brown knee, um, knee high boots. <laughs> are they spelled a certain way or they just X T R A T U F F? X T R A. T-U-F-F. Got it. I got to look these up. Yeah. yeah. Piper also needs another blanket because of your great cold writing. Yeah, yeah. man. Sorry oh, about that, guys. I'm going to have to go outside and be in the, yeah. hopefully the sun will come back out. Why is it so gray out there? Yeah, these boots are pretty ugly. I mean, they're great, <laughs> but <laughs> well, yeah, well written, Tina. I felt like Thanks. I was there and I do feel cold now, colder. So. Sorry about that. It was kind of nice to hear, though, honestly, because we haven't had it's cold here in Michigan, but we haven't had a lot of snow. We had a lot of snow right before the holidays and then it went away and we haven't had anything 
So it's been so that it's been cold without the snow. Which yeah, it can be yucky. like that up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of almost like if you're going to have the cold, you want it also to be pretty and yes. blankety and nice. I think it's not as cold when you have the snow. Agreed. It always warms up a little bit when it starts to snow heavy. And well, where I grew up was in a valley. Um, and the mountains would be covered with snow and you'd always have cloud cover in the winter and then snow on the ground. Mm -hmm. So it was not nearly as cold as it is here. And it wasn't as dark because the snow lightened everything up. Well, and then you think it's uh, the worst part to me is when like, it's been a long time since it snowed and then up in Michigan, like around the base of all the lamps in the Meyer parking lot is just this black heap yeah. of disgusting gray ice yeah it's terrible looking but it warmed up so much in early january that all that melted so Ooh. we have no snow in any like wow there's yeah. green grass across the street yes wow. in the yard. yeah it's crazy shell says uh great details tina you are you are also good even though you struggled with the writing it had good flow as you read good Thanks. And then Teresa says, love the direction you took that prompt, Tina. Yeah. Thanks. You guys are so encouraging. I know. We love they're, our, they're our so chatters. Great. We were all saying like, oh, I'm not happy with what I wrote. And Tina's like, well, that's good because um, people need to know that uh, not everything that you do during a writing sprint is going to be some kind of a finished story or anything that you would even want to share. And um, that's what we want to do is encourage people. Yeah, to just it's the practice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and man, I'm so encouraging today. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're back in the Widows of the West just because I didn't know what to do with this prompt. So who's that coming yonder? Colleen stopped shucking the corn and lifted her gaze in the direction Chappy motioned toward. Is that it is. It's that despicable Mr. McNeil. I told him to stay away from my property. Colleen seethed. Chappie took another bite of jerky and nodded slowly. Seems he didn't listen. Seems a stubborn sort, she said, returning to her task. Yep, Chappie continued. I don't think he takes kindly to warnings from anyone. He didn't listen when I warned him not to buy Avery's land when he went belly up. If he'd have waited, he could have gotten it for half price once the bank foreclosed. Colleen gasped. Chappie, you honestly suggested he profit on the misfortune of another rancher rather than help that poor family out of their debt? Chappie just shrugged. It's just business. Besides, he didn't heed the warning, and apparently it turned out okay for him. It turned out more than okay, Colleen knew. The success of the McNeil man's ranch was common knowledge, even to someone who kept to herself like Colleen did. He had taken a bit of land no bigger than her small ranch and gathered bits and pieces of failing ranches around him until he had the one of the largest pieces of property around. Well, he's going to heed my warning, she said, throwing the last piece of corn into her basket. What you about to do, missy? Never you mind. I'm just going to prepare my greeting for my new neighbor or for my neighbor. There's no one new there. Three, two, one. That's it. Oh, oh no. Can I go get her rifle? Is that yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, in my mind, this happens before the rifle scene, which I don't think I'm ever going to use this. Like, I don't know. Maybe. I love it though. I really do like it because it really uh, shows the relationship between her and Chappie. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of funny because you can kind of picture him just, like a cow chewing its cud, just kind of like, right. whatever, you know, like, whatever. And she's all worked up. <laughs> That's how I and always the, see this guy. He's always yeah. just like, yep. Oh, everything. I used, yeah. I used to work with a girl named Trisha and her favorite thing to say is he'll never die of a heart attack. <laughs> 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 About people who are just like, uh-huh. 
no emotion. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's awesome. I love yeah. that. It and I love that you had her shucking corn because so there's like this action going on. And I don't know why, but I was my husband likes to watch um special victims unit. Oh yeah. And um the guy with the autism. He likes that guy. Mm-hmm. So he, I just noticed like people that are being questioned by the cops in these shows always get up and start like putting things away, putting their groceries away, holding their, I'm like, if the police were questioning me, I would not be like trying to act all nonchalant and putting my groceries away. But like having her shut corn would like fit perfectly. Oh, thanks. Awesome. I my dad would be mad. worried about where I was going with that, weren't you? My dad and I argue because he said it's husking corn. I'm like, no, husk is what's on the corn. He's And I said, you shuck the husk. And he's like, no. Uh, and so I we researched it and I found, because I spent so much time with my grandmother who's from Missouri, like the shucking, that is a term that they use in the South. But up north here in Michigan, when you husk, that they that's what people say is they husk the corn. And so, but there are a lot of transplants from the South, so it's still up for debate. Yeah, I, can't, <laughs> I can't remember what my family in Minnesota called it. Hmm. It makes a lot of sense that there's a team called the Corn Huskers now, because I was just kind of like, how does that even work? Like you are the husk of the corn, which does not sound threatening in any way. Um, but anyway, it, so. <laughs> it really doesn't sound, sound threatening the other way either. Like I'll show you. You better look out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that means they're going to peel their husks off or something. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Piper says, LOL, what you about to do, Missy? Fun. <laughs> Agree. Yeah, Thanks. Chappie's great. Michelle says, great character work, Jen. And Thanks. Teresa says, I really like this world. Can't wait till you really start working in it. I know it's going to be yeah, a great book. Too. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's funny too how like Chappie is like the farmhand, right? And yeah. what is fun about this is like, she's the one working and he's just standing there eating jerky. <laughs> it's like, you could tell a lot about their relationship just because of that too. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, she knows she doesn't have to get after him to always be working because he's going right. to handle things, but she's also super working. old, right? He's also <laughs> super old. So that's the other thing too. Like her, her like only ranch hand is like really old. So, <laughs> and kind of lazy sounds like yeah. <laughs> Well, his bones probably hurt. Yeah, right? probably. Just like not speaking from experience or anything. Yeah. Just curious, <laughs> like what would really old be back then? Like sixty? Yeah, not. You know yeah, I mean? right, right. Not very old. Right. Yeah. Agreed. But yeah. you know, one thing I've noticed is that older people, the more active they are, the less they mm. are old. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like they might be chronologically old. Right. But if they keep active, they're young, their bodies stay more active and they're younger. And is Chappy scrappy? (laughs) Maybe. You know what else? What what I've also noticed is that the closer I get to old, the the younger old is. Mm -hmm. Just saying. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to say the older old is. Though I have off topic, but I have to share that this should have been my what's up today. Um, Twitter, I got a little tweet, like a little notification. So I went to Twitter and I was scrolling through real quick and an ad, you know, there's ads every so often. And I don't know what, what point I entered this demographic would be my personal demographic to have warranted this ad. But there I got an ad in my feed for bras for elderly women. Like it's literally a bra company started by a woman who was in her seventies because she got tired of like the bras that you know our generation wear. And I'm like, why is this being fed to me? <laughs> like 
for women, for older women, the, this is the bra for older women. Like, when did I enter this demographic? Like, Have, at least you haven't started getting mail from AARP. I, I got my first one. Oh, I did. It's my husband. Yeah. Uh, I turned 50 in May. 50. Let us have a moment I of silence. Feel, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't well, believe Lisa it. I don't Marie feel 50. Presley just died and she's the same age as me. She had a heart attack. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. I have to say, though, it's kind of fun that we're becoming the old people because we're going to be really hard to find because we were this very itty bitty tiny population bubble. And um, pretty soon old people are going to be kind of rare. And that's going to be us because, oh, like, yeah. there's not a lot of us <laughs> in mm. this particular I can't generation. I wait for the wheelchair races in the nursing home. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Remember that. Remember that image? I did have a bunch of old women in like hospital gowns and I put our faces on them. Yeah. I was like, I was hanging out at the nursing home. That was years ago. So anyway, yeah. we got to wrap this up. Yeah. yeah. Let's do our what's next. Why don't you go first this time, Jen? Um, so my what's next is I got to finish cleaning my office and then I am going to actually sit down and write some whys, like what, what my goal is. I want this because of this and like really assess my goals. So that's what I'm doing. That's my what's next. Awesome. What about you? Yeah, Tina? I'm, I'm finishing up. My office is just about done. And so on Monday, I'm going to start the implementing of this plan that I have of coming in here from eight to 12 every day, looking at my affirmations for lack of a better word mm -hmm. and uh, doing something to move forward. All right. What about you, Jamie? I am really excited about my book again, because I've been taking the time to go through it. I, like you say, open the manuscript from 10 to 12 on days that I don't work my job. And so, um, yeah, I'm just going to keep on doing that. Monday through Thursday. I don't have any lunch shifts scheduled this week, so should be able to be pretty consistent with that. Mm -hmm. awesome. Okay. I don't see any what's next in our chat. So next week we are going to do a topic. Um, oh my gosh. It just went out of my back brain. To, back to basics. How back to, to basics. find the joy of writing again. And it was, it was, suggested to us by one of our listeners and we really want to thank her. I wish I would have wrote the name down because now I can't think of it. Um, but oh. maybe one, one of us can look it up, but it, we really appreciated her um, saying like, this is a topic I'd like you guys to talk about and giving us an idea because sometimes the decision fatigue is real. <laughs> Jessica. Jessica. Yep. Um, so, and we sit down and we're like, what are we going to talk about now? <laughs> And having to come up with a topic every week. So if you guys have anything you'd like us to talk about, please send us a message and we will do our best to see if we know something about it. Yeah, because we're 200 episodes in. We've done pretty good coming up with them on our own. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then we're right. like, didn't we already do that one? Oh, yeah. Well, how about <laughs> this? Didn't we already do that one? Oh, yeah. Right. And then, or try to find a new spin on an old one because we've grown since then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it can be a struggle. So we really, really appreciate getting ideas from you guys. Okay. And so with that said, this is the conclusion of the Christianity Writers Podcast for this week. Until next week, may your pen be prolific, your deadlines be met, and may all of your words honor Christ. Bye now. Bye.